Our first president, George Washington, said, It is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and the Bible. John Adams, our second president, told King George during the Revolutionary War, We recognize no sovereign but God, and no king but Jesus. President Ronald Reagan said, If we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. If you love America and believe in God of the Bible, then you've landed at the right place. Welcome home to a God-fearing, red, white, and blue USA Proud podcast. This is America Resurrected with your host, Kevin Alexander. Hello, it's Kevin Alexander, and I want to welcome you to America Resurrected's podcast. It's great to have you with us today. If you love God of the Bible and you love America, then you've landed at the right spot. You are at America Resurrected. Why do we even have America Resurrected? How did it even come about? That's what I want to go over with you on today's podcast. And going forward, you're going to get very excited about many of the topics we got. Again, my name's Kevin Alexander, and you're listening to America Resurrected Podcast. America, the United States of America, 13 small colonies, if you think back on it, had no foundation, had no government documents, had no army, had no big economy. They didn't have all the bells and whistles the great powers of that day had. England themselves was the major world power of the day. And there's little 13 colonies traveled over, starting with the pilgrims on the Mayflower, traveled over to the New World, and they wanted freedom. Oh, yeah, they wanted economic freedom. They wanted some freedom from uh, uh, oppressive authority. They wanted some tax freedom on trading and selling goods and services. But most of all, the people that came over that we know as the pilgrims and many of the founding fathers wanted religious freedom. And we'll get in future podcasts about how they were being oppressed spiritually and religiously. But today, that's not the purpose of the podcast. But I just want you to know the United States of America was founded on biblical principles. The United States of America with 13 tiny colonies were founded on Christian principles. I think it was Patrick Henry, one of the great founding fathers. He said, we were not founded by a bunch of religionists. We were founded by a bunch of Christians. We weren't founded on religion. We were founded on Christianity. That's how America became great. And over the the next several weeks, months, and years, we're going to talk about that every time on America Resurrected. America was made great because they believed in the God of the Bible. We have what's known as a Christian heritage in the United States of America. We have what's known as a Christian foundation. And if you believe in anything in life, you understand that anything worth its salt has to have a foundation. Your family's got to have a foundation. Your house has got to have a foundation. Actually, when you go to build your house, the first thing they put in is a foundation. And that's what our 
founding fathers did. That's what the pilgrims did. That's what the colonists did. They built a foundation that would become what you and I know today as the United States of America, the greatest power the world's ever known. Economically, the most giving country the world has ever known. What was that foundation? What did the pilgrims use? What did the founding fathers build our country upon? I submit to you today, they didn't build it on man's wisdom. They didn't build it on man's knowledge. They built it on the book called the Holy Bible. And we'll go over in the future all the proofs of how we know for a fact that the United States of America was built on the Bible. But let me just give you one today to to give you some peace of mind and some confidence. Uh, A large university several years ago did some research on what was the most used documents that the founding fathers used. Did they use this textbook? Did they use this great book of wisdom? Did they use, what did they use? Other countries' uh, documents and, and constitutions. How did the founding fathers even draft a constitution? Where did the beliefs come from? How did the pilgrims even function when they got over to America at Plymouth Rock? And what this university discovered, the most used resource that the founding fathers used when drafting our documents, when leading the country into a new country and a new way of life. The most used resource they used was the Bible, was the Word of God. There's proof behind that that we'll give going forward. Who led this great movement of America? this new nation, this new way of life that nobody in the world had ever known, this freedom, liberty, pursuit of happiness for all men, the freedom to have church, the freedom to worship as you wanted to worship. I want to tell you today, my friend, who led that movement, and that was the Christians. The Christians were the leaders on that boat. A pastor was the leader on the Mayflower when they came over. And if you understand anything about American history, you understand that the church has been the leaders in the communities. The pastors have been the leaders in the community. The Bible calls that that we are, as Christians, the salt and the light of this earth. You're listening to Kevin Alexander in America Resurrected. Join us on our Facebook page and like us, America Resurrected. As the Christians led the way and started a new nation, they didn't know what tomorrow held, but I can promise you this, they had confidence in who held tomorrow. And today we we live in a world where everybody wants to talk to us about the difference of separation of church and state. And they want to go back to Thomas Jefferson. And don't go down that road with me today. We'll go down that rabbit trail another day. But when Thomas Jefferson wrote a letter to the Dansbury Baptist Church in the early 1800s, he was letting them know that the federal government would never impose one denomination on our land. You got to understand the whole reason the pilgrims came over and one of the main reasons, if not the main reason America was founded, was for freedom of religion. 
They didn't want to say there can only be Baptists in America. There can only be Presbyterian in America. There can only be Methodists in America. There can only be Pentecostal holiness in America. They said, you will be free to go worship as you want. But do have this understanding. We are a Christian nation and we are built on Christian principles. You can be of another religion, but do have an understanding that our founding documents and our ways of life and our rules and our laws were based on the Christian religion. And there's no such thing as separation of church and state. Thomas Jefferson, one of the least religious founders as people want to tell us, him and Benjamin Franklin put the original seal of our country together, the United States of America, and the seal that Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin put together. Two of the, what people will tell us is the least religious Christians out of the founding fathers. The seal was Moses crossing the Red Sea with Pharaoh's army being destroyed behind it. That's what Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin put together. Thomas Jefferson allowed church to be held in the building where Congress is held. And friend, I'm here to tell you, Thomas Jefferson, what many people will tell us is our least founding father when it comes to religion and Christianity. He's more conservative than most Christians are here in 2020. The church has fallen prey to this idea of separation of church and state. Our founding fathers always intended for the church to be up in the government's business, but they never intended for the government to be up in the church's business. A prominent pastor in the world today, and I'm not going to mention his name because I'm not trying to embarrass him or bring extra attention to him, but he's a well-respected pastor among many fronts, not just in one denomination. Many denominations, many Christians listen to this man of God. He made this statement recently. He said, the church in today's world is compromised, conceited, and Christless. Wow, that's a powerful statement. I don't think he said that lightly. The church is compromised, conceited, and Christless. If we are Christless, it is because we're compromised and conceited. This is not the day to be sitting on our pew, my friend, in your reserved seat. I'm in, I'm in pew row number four, seat number five, and I've been here 37 years. I've been here 46 years. I've been here 18 years. This is my seat. This is my parking spot. No, ma'am. No, sir. This is the day for us to boldly stand for what's right. Our nation is under attack. Our country is under attack. Our Christian principles are under attack. America Resurrected, with your help, wants to lead the charge to turn America back to its Christian heritage, its Christian foundation, where we trusted in God first and not man. There's a lot of great conservative radio talk show and television talk show personalities in our country today. A lot of great conservative people that you can listen to. And when it comes to health care, they're dead on it. When it comes to tax reform, they're dead on it. When it comes to economic reform, they're dead on it. When it comes to freedom and liberty, they're dead on it. But one of the things our great Christian, our great conservative talk show hosts miss out on is the spiritual side of things. 
See, they got all the economic and all the law and all the freedom and all that stuff. They got that exactly right, but they never talk about the spiritual side of things. They never talk about, we can change the tax laws. We can have a boom in economy and praise God. I hope we do forever and ever. But at the end of the day, if the United States of America does not turn back to God and the God of the Bible and start teaching our boys and girls the truth of the Bible, America will never be as great as it could be. There's a lot of great conservative talk show hosts but they miss out on the Bible part of it. They miss out on the spiritual part of it. There's a lot of great churches out there. There's a lot of great pastors out there. There's a lot of great religious leaders out there, but they miss out on the political part of it. They've bought into this lie of separation of church and state. They've bought into this lie. I can only talk about so many things or I'm going to upset somebody in the back row or I'm going to upset somebody in section two of my church. Honey, we are to preach the truth no matter who it offends. We are to defend God. We are to respect and obey and fear God more than we fear man. The apostle Paul said it's better to obey God. The Peter said it's better to obey God than man. That's not to say we're going to be mean to man. That's not to be say we're going to be disrespectful, but that is going to say that we're going to speak the truth when it comes to the things of the Bible, and we're going to speak the truth when it comes to the things of our society, and we're going to speak the truth when it comes to the things of politics, and that America resurrected, you get both. You get the Bible, you get politics, and you get a place where it's like it used to be. The church, the Christians are going to lead the way. That's why America Resurrected was born. The truth of the Bible and the truth of politics all at the same place. So I can go to a conservative talk show host and I can get all the politics I need. I can go to church and get all the church I need. But here's one of the problems we have at the church house sometimes is we're praying for revival and we're voting for the devil. Because we had a good intentions or good thoughts or, or, or what our parents and grandparents used to do. We're going to vote for people that are anti-God. They're anti-Bible. And we're praying for revival in many churches and voting for the devil. That's why America Resurrected, you can come here and you can get biblical truth and you can get political truth and the two are married together. And that way, when you go to the voting booth, you know who to vote for. There's enough Christians still left in America to make a difference. I believe by last count, there may be over 80 million Christians, evangelical Christians. I'm not talking about the people that show up on Christmas and Easter. I'm talking about the Bible-believing evangelical Christians. And less than half of us voted at the last election. We can't pray for a revival and vote for the devil. We can't pray for revival and not even go vote. We have to do our part. We have to do our job. I used to preach at a local high school football team to a local high school football team every Friday afternoon before their game on Friday night. And then we would stand on the sidelines during the game rooting the team on. And their coach would scream the whole game, do your job. He would scream to each player. He would scream their name out. 
and he would follow that up with, do your job. He had trained them all week to do their job. And on Friday night, he needed them to do their job to be successful. As church leaders, as Christian leaders, our job is to train people up. And then as American Bible-believing Christians, it's our job to go do our job that we've been trained up to do. We're to do it with boldness. We're to do it with no fear of man. Only fear God in what you do. Respect man. Respect the law of the land. But first and foremost, we are to fear God. We are to obey God. And we are to fulfill his commandments. That's what America Resurrected is about. That's what we're going to be about going forward on our podcast. Biblical truth from the word of God. Political truth of what's going on in today's world. And praying that Christians would decide to make a difference in the world today, and we would turn back to our Christian heritage, and we would once again believe in the God of the Bible, the creator of the universe. We would believe in him one more time for revival on our land. I'm going to end with this very familiar verse that many of you know, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. When you turn from your wicked ways, that means you're going to repent of your wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Christians, you and I, the lost world, the lost politicians are not going to bring revival to America. It's the Christians that are going to bring revival to America and we can fly right into the government building. We can fly right into the middle of politics. We don't have to skirt around it no more. We don't have to whisper it no more. The Christian has to have a voice in the local community on the state level and on the federal level. And the word of God says if we would seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, he will heal our land. But I like verse 15. It's not mentioned as much. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in his place. The Lord says, I'm listening to you. I'm listening to your prayer. I'm waiting to hear it. I want to heal your land. I'm telling you today, fellow Americans, God wants to heal our land but we got to do our job. We got to do our job. We got to train ourselves up. We got to be bold and we got to fear God more than we fear man. God bless you for listening today. Go like us on Facebook at America Resurrected. Share these podcasts with all your friends and we'll be back with you in a few days with another one. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Please. Join America Resurrected in praying America will return to its Christian heritage and become a God-fearing nation again. God bless you, and God bless America.